Hello and welcome to Integratus. I'm your host, Jonathan Franz. And if you are one of those curious listeners on the other end, I say thank you. This is a space where you can create a deeper connection with yourself, a space to embody a more authentic you. Along the way, I'll share the highs, the lows, the learnings and the losses of my experience in life. And in turn, I hope it helps you to open up your heart a little, to grow in extraordinary ways, and to ultimately feel inspired so you too can embrace your fears and share your gifts to the world. Welcome to Integratus. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, folks, we have officially clicked episode 10. We are in double digits. Double digits is real. You know it's real when it's double digits, baby. Okay, enough of that. Um, (laughs) Episode 10. We are episode 10. And uh, this is my first standing episode. I I have never done an episode standing. I'll get into the reason why I'm standing. It's not the greatest, you know, I can't say that, hey, I'm standing out of pure choice right now, but I I like it. Um, I like doing this as a first. So currently I'm standing and it's episode 10. And if you are joining us for the first time, want to say welcome, want to say thank you. Uh, I, I aim to be as authentic as I possibly can on this show and share what's working in my life, share some lessons and learnings to help uh, that have helped me, but to also help you in whatever journey or healing path that you may be on the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, that's the domains that I like to work in. I believe um, healing is holistic. We can't have one uh, without the other. You know, we can't necessarily talk our way out of our problems. We have to move the body. You know, we have to be in community. We have to understand the way we think and why we hold the certain beliefs that we do and why we do the actions that we do. And then we've got to try new things and grow in areas that we're fearful of. It's holistic. Healing is holistic. It's the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical. In my opinion, those four, um, God, what do you want to call them? Worlds? (laughs) four worlds. Anyway, I'm standing and we're at episode 10. All right. So this episode is what's present in my life at the moment. I want to share it. I want to talk about some, the three things that I'm moving through at the moment in my life and give you some inspiration and also give you some different ways to think about how you could switch things up in life and bring more focus, bring more attention into your life right now. To tie it together, the reason why I'm standing is because last Monday, I injured my back quite badly, actually. And I haven't done an injury like this, wow, in about five or six years. Now, I've got a history of back sprains, um some disc issues my entire life. Um, I I know it's come from bad posture and repetitive 
mechanics as a teenager or as a young boy that over time I've compensated in certain areas. You know, I've got like a lordotic curve, which which means my lower back is slightly kicked out and arched. Uh, my pelvis and my hips are out of line. And, you know, there's a rotation of my pelvis. And on top of that, there's, you know, weak areas like weak core, but there's also tight areas, tight quads and tight glutes and uh, certain areas in my hips, like my internal external rotation is out of balance. And if this is all a bit of jargon for you and you're like, what the hell is Jono talking about? Stay with me, but I'm just basically talking about the different mechanics of the human body. And in particular, what happens when we have bad posture growing up or, you know, we've lent into one hip or bent one knee while standing for decades, you know, basically our whole life have run these unconscious, physical, uh, structural patterns our whole entire life. And when I was growing up as a teenager, I was even younger, as a little boy, I was very self-conscious about my body. I would always, because I was slightly overweight as a teenager, but more than that, I wasn't obese. I wasn't like, I was carrying extra weight for sure. But what was also there was my mental state. And my mental state, I was so ashamed of the way I looked as a teenager. I would often round and hunch my back because I was so self-conscious about my stomach. And, you know, if you look at kids or even humans, like even adults, I should say, that are have some shame around their body and... Uh, are anxious of the way that they feel or feel insecure about the way they look, they will compensate, I compensated for that. And I would often make myself small, round my shoulders. I would do this thing with my um, T-shirt where I would stretch out my T-shirts because I never really liked the, the clothing to sit on my body when it felt like it was tight on my belly. Um, I would get very insecure. I'd feel uncomfortable about that t-shirt being too tight or someone looking at me and um, seeing that I was fat, right? And so I would often stretch the t-shirt out uh, to make it larger and yeah, I was really insecure about my body. I didn't like the way I looked. And obviously I went on this huge journey of physical development and, and change in that area and, and changed that as the years went on. But as a teenager, because of my insecurities, because of my uh, shame around my body, I went to compensate with certain patterns. And over time, these weaknesses developed, these tight areas developed, these imbalances generally in my body developed. And once I started lifting, once I started training, those imbalances start to expose themselves. And this lower back issue that I'm talking about started to expose itself. I mean, many more issues 
started to expose themselves. You know, my kyphosis, my rounding of my upper back, the limited rotational capacity I had with my spine. You know, just basically standing and turning, keeping my hips relatively still and turning my spine from side to from left to right. That was super restricted. Like my cervix, right? And um, my thoracic, which is like the cervix is kind of the upper neck area. And then the thoracic is like the shoulders. That was like concrete. Uh, you know, it was concrete. And after training and working it and doing my yoga teacher training and stretching and all these different modalities that I use to help me restructure my body again really helped. But this lower back injury is something that I've, I've always, or this lower back kind of compensation that I've had in my life has been something that I needed to look at. And it's a lordotic curve in the lower back. So my, my butt kind of kicks out and I've got an arched lower back and my core typically switches off, right, in those positions. So even just standing, my core, uh, my arch, it's easy for me to arch my lower back, right, and, and just rest into my spine and my discs, which is not ideal. And over time, lifting, I've had some pretty bad back injuries, squatting, you know, dead lifting, and it's been, they're being really challenging to deal with. And I've had them pretty much for the last like 10 to 12 years. And it's like on and off. Like I said, the last time it was something like this was five years ago. That's been a big, you know, that's a big, that's a big gap. So I'm working on it. I'm always uh, doing these exercises. I'm always learning more about my body and how to strengthen certain areas uh, and stretch certain areas. And I think it's very valuable to understand the human body, understand your human body and know what's going on with it. I think that's so valuable. We've all got imbalances. We've all got certain uh, structural patterns that we rely on, right? And it forces certain areas of our body to be weak, areas to be tight, areas to be you know, totally active and all switched on and tense. Right? It's really important that we understand and we learn. We go on this wonderful journey with our physical body to train, to move, to try different modalities, to see what areas can be improved. So I hurt my lower back on Monday and I I really didn't do my appropriate warm-up for my core uh, I hadn't trained that heavy in a while and I was doing a new movement and it was a, a movement where I was pressing over my head and everything felt fine. The workout was good. I felt fantastic. And then I went to go pick up an empty bar off the ground and my whole back completely spasmed. And I I was struggling. I was really struggling. And I knew once I did it, I knew that this was going to be a longer term thing. Maybe a week, sorry, maybe like a three to six week recovery. Um, it sucks. Like it really, really sucks. Injuries absolutely suck. But the flip side to an injury is you get to learn a lot about your body. It's like a forced way to learn about your body. And in this case, it really opened up the importance of me doing 
these back exercises, strengthening my glutes, strengthening my core, you know, paying more attention to uh, those tiny little muscles that stabilize. You know, Paul Check, who's incredible. Um, I mean, he's a PT. He's all these things. He's he's in he's a master at his craft, Paul Check. And he says, if you're building strength without stability, you're a madman. Like that's the quickest way to injury: strength without stability. And that's what I that's what I did. You know, for a long period of my life, I developed a huge amount of strength, right, without the adequate stability to compensate for the strength. So my global muscles got strong, right? But all my little stabilizers and just general stability, balance, coordination, that was that was gone. I didn't prioritize that as a teenager. So I'm now rebuilding that, but I'm also paying the price. So I hurt my back and it's been really, really challenging. Uh, it's been a week and two days since I've done it. I've been kind of in and out of Kairos. Um, I've had some massage. I've been working on it on a daily basis, doing trigger point ball stuff, doing all of my core lower like pelvic floor exercises, um, side planks, like doing a whole bunch of stuff for the transverse abdominis, which is basically the belt, the inner core that wraps around uh, your whole entire torso. And my transverse abdominus has been weak, you know, and it's time for that to get strong again. It's time for that to to be the focus. So injuries teach us so much about our body. It's a forced way for us to learn. Not always the best way, but people come back from injury in a really incredible and powerful way that shifts and changes their life at some capacity, right? Because we have to grow in those domains. And I think the worst advice is to like not do anything, to not move. And I know a lot of people out there, once you know, you're know you injured, it's like, don't, don't do anything. Don't move. Don't do the running. And I'm not saying to go and run, but like, you know, don't do anything. It's like, just don't do anything. And Motion is the lotion, blood flow is king, and once you can move, very gently move through pain, not against it, not pushing past it, right? Gently finding your pain barriers with what you can and can't do through injury, it's important to go there every day, right? It's important to move and to rehabilitate every single day. So that's what I've been doing. Um, and my back's getting better. It's probably at like 65%. Uh, but but that's been that's been a big, big focus for me at the moment. Something else that's happening in my life, I'm on a weight loss journey. <laughs> you know, I'm on like a little cool weight loss journey with my mom. Um, I never weigh myself. Like I, I'm always going on kind of the mirror and how I feel. And I'm basically always going on by how I feel and what I'm putting in my mouth. That is my main indicator for for any type of change. And I know there's so many other things that you can do out there. There's DEXA scans, you know, you can do measurements, you can weigh yourself. Like 
all this stuff. And I've done those things in the past, but the thing that I keep going back to is the foundation. Am I getting good sleep? You know, am I not consuming too much caffeine? Am I training well in different modalities? So it's not just strength training. Am I stretching enough? You know, am I calming my nervous system enough? Am I ramping it up enough? Right? How much stress do I have in my life? Like, and most importantly, like, what am I putting in my mouth? Uh, those are my indicators. And then the body just takes care of itself and the changes can happen. But for this time, uh, this moment in time, I am doing a little weight loss journey with my mom. So we're weighing ourselves every single Sunday and uh, I've put a few things in practice over these next two months. The first thing is no refined sugar at all. And that's something that I've like, I'm always wanting to do. I'm always doing sugar is an absolute killer. Uh, and when I eat sugar, I just can't eat a little bit. I just, I'm not one of those guys that can just eat sugar a little bit every day. Like I just can't do it. You put a freaking pack of donuts in front of me, I'm going to eat all the freaking donuts or I'm going to eat none, you know, <laughs> like that's just, that's just who I am. I, I just don't like refined sugar. I don't want my body to constantly have the, the sweetness and the taste on a daily basis. I mean, fruit, an apple, an orange, that to me is candy. Like when your taste buds are neutral, right? And they're not you're not needing so much sweetness to get some sort of like kick and satisfaction uh, through your mouth and your taste buds when you're not craving sugar and you have an orange or you have an apple. I mean, that's candy. To me, that's candy. <laughs> um, so refined sugar is something that I've really wanted to stop. So I've got no refined sugar for two, for two months, uh, which is big for me, right? And there's sugar in everything. There is sugar in everything, so I'm basically not eating anything from a packet. I looked at the I looked at Vitawheats the other day. Vitawheats have freaking sugar in them. Like, excuse me, why is there sugar in Vitawheats? I don't eat Vitawheats, but I just they were in the pantry. I was like, what What's going on here? Like, they try and sneak sugar in everywhere. So, no sugar, no refined sugar, no ice creams, no pastries, no donuts, you know, no chocolate. Um, I just bought a hundred percent cacao, which is like, I love it. Uh, mom loves it as well. And again, yes, it's bitter to the average person that eats Cadbury, but to me, one square melted in the mouth is glorious and a hundred percent has no sugar in it. It's literally a hundred percent cacao. So we're doing that. Oh, I'm doing that for two months. And uh, so far, it's been about a week and a half and I've lost 400 grams, about to weigh myself in a couple of days. We'll see. And yeah, over time, uh, we'll see if the scales go down, which I know they will. And if I just keep at those daily practices. And there's something else that I have incorporated in this two-month little weight loss journey. And that is... Um, no sweetness after dinner. I typically get into habits where I like to have something sweet after dinner. And that's not that's not a problem. <laughs> but I know that's one of my things that I find it's a habit that it's quite hard to break. So I have like some blueberries or some yogurt and some honey or 
you know, I might have a fruit or an apple or a date or whatever, but I'm training myself to slowly wean off having something sweet after every single meal. And dinner is that meal. So that's my rule that I'm setting for the two months. So after my dinner meal, no sweetness at all. No fruits, no yogurts, no, you know, blueberries, no honeys, no honey in the tea, no nothing like that. And uh, I'm doing well. It's great. I'm really loving that. I know I don't want my insulin to spike. I know I don't need this kind of energy spike either. I'm about to go to bed. Like, why would I need that? So I'm on a weight loss journey, 400 uh, grams down so far. I think the scales are relevant when we can uh, lengthen the journey. Over three months, I think the scales are uh, an element to, to see how someone is going, to see how I'm going. Lastly, I want to share something that I'm pondering in my life right now. I'm noticing that in order to move through and build what I actually want to build, which is what's in my soul, right? And what's in my soul is I want to support people through holistic healing, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And in order to do that, I need to build certain systems, offerings, I need to have structure in place in my day. I need to be discerning where my time and energy goes. Like I need to have a routine that sets that up, right? That sets that vision up. And what I'm noticing in my life at the moment is is creating the deep time versus the shallow time. And they're both important. Deep time is work that, takes a long time to get into, right? And a long time to transition out of. It might be something like building a new offering. It might be restructuring a program. It might be building a new system. Um, I'm talking about business kind of related stuff here, but you could apply this to anything. It could be, uh, you know, deep time in your relationship, right? Deep time, takes a while to get into, you've got to land, you've got to drop into the space and then it often takes a while to transition out of that space, right? When I go on retreats or have certain experiences in my life, the deep time is being created, which is such powerful and profound time. And then you've got shallow time and shallow time is time that's easy to go into and easy to come out of. For example, writing an email, um, for me, editing a video, you know, posting a video on Instagram or, you know, writing a program for someone or checking my calendar, like reorganizing my structure and my daily energy output, like, you know, who am I meeting here? What clients here? That's kind of shallow time, right? That stuff, to it's easy to do, easy to go into, easy to get out of. And what I'm noticing at the moment in my life is that I'm not um, I'm not creating enough structure, right? Structure equals freedom. That's that's just something that I'm I'm. It's my mantra at the moment. Uh, I can really feel my mind, my body, my whole entire spirit just saying structure is freedom. Right? Where can I create uh, deep time so I can set those priorities in my life that are really important? 
pull away all the distractions, all the phone calls, all the messages, all the replies, all the other stuff that's not necessary and do the deep work. And then to counter that, how can I do my shallow work, right? Which still is really important and requires time, energy, and effort. How can I do my shallow work and balance these two dynamics, a deep dynamic and a shallow dynamic? So that's something else that I am noticing in my life. And I wanna bring more priority, I wanna bring more structure to my day. And I want you to also think about that as well on your end. Where can you bring more deep work, more prioritization to your day, right? Where can you be uh, conscious about when is this shallow work happening? When is this deep work happening? Like what's a project or an offering that you actually want to get off the ground? Like have, you, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about, oh, what's something new that I can bring in my life that might free up my time, that might give more impact to the people that are around me, right? That might bring more joy to my life. For example, like, you know, taking up rock climbing, right? Um, like what, what can you bring into your life that's going to give you more freedom, more joy, and for me right now, it's like building, it's building this business. You know, it's having, it's having my offerings. It's taking people through um, programs. It's having a voice online. Uh, it's sharing my ideas and perspectives on the world and also healing. That's what's really important to me. That's it for this episode. I just wanted to give you a little wrap up on like what's present in my life. And these are these three things that are present in my life. Like one, the power of injury and learning and, and learning about our bodies, right? Understanding what our weakness is and our strengths are. And, you know, where do we have dysfunction and, and imbalance and actually moving towards activities that are going to bring that up. Right. And the second thing is, you know, my weight loss journey. Like, you know, what, what journey can you bring into your life? Like, you know, what is it? Is it a physical journey? Is it a mental journey? Is it a healing journey? Like, is it changing jobs? Like what in the next two months can you radically change in your life? And finally, deep time and shallow time. Where can you prioritize what's important to you in your life? Take away all the distractions, all the disturbances, right? All the people and the things that are trying to get your attention and bring intention to the things that are important to you and stay focused. And then shallow time, which is like, how can you be conscious of shallow time? Like the little things that are just going to make your life a little bit easier. Sending that email, going to the doctors, writing that message. Whatever it is. Organizing your calendar in a way that suits you. Right? So you've got more free time. You've got more space for yourself. Then my thoughts. Uh, that's episode 10. Lots of love, fam. And I'll catch you on the flip. Bye.